When you think about business competition, where are you focused? Your town, your state, across the country? You need to be concerned with competitors around the world. Welcome to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. Today, you'll hear about the mega trends in global business and how they affect your organization, as well as explore issues, solutions, and some amazing facts about business worldwide. Now, here is your host, Mahesh Joshi. Welcome to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. I have with me, Mr. Gaurav Stogi, continuing the discussions from last episode. In the last episode, he talked about, is your industry eating itself? In this episode, he talks about the need for personal reinvention to be ready for future of work. Why it is so important to shed old identities to participate in the new workplace. Sticking to past successes may not guarantee the success in future. Our guest today, Mr. Gaurav Rastogi, is founder of future of work startup DoLoopDigital.com, which he started after a long career in driving sales transformation at an 8 million software services company. He is the author of two business books and working on a newsletter focused on personal reinvention. He believes that the future of work is about continuous reinvention. The future of work will have distributed workforces shared with other companies as employees will make work and learning in quick cycles. Computers were once people too, he says, and believes that much of what we currently dislike about work, it is repetitiveness and lack of satisfaction, will be done by the computers and artificial intelligence. There's another side to Gaurav that makes him interesting. He is also Akras Gorak, his spiritual name, and he's the founder of a non-profit Living Deeply Foundation that promotes healthy living through meditation and yoga. Videos of his talks can be found online at livingdeeply.yoga. Welcome, Gaurav. Hello, Mahesh. Good to be back. Gaurav, we had a very interesting discussion in our last episode, which was on is your company eating itself for a long-term survival in an environment where there are no geographical boundaries for businesses. There is a strong impact of technology. The new business models are coming in. And when we are finishing, finishing the discussion last time, uh, you made a statement which is very relevant. And that was your jobs are not safe from obsolescence anymore. And you had explained quite a bit why you have to keep reinventing, which included personal invention, personal reinvention. In uh, today's episode, let's continue on why personal reinvention is so critical in your career, in your future of work, dedicated to you only if I had to talk about in the current scenario. Yeah, in, in the future of you, Staying employed, being able to reinvent yourself is exceptionally important uh, going forward. So let's recap what we were discussing. So the first thing is the image in mind to keep is this uh, snake in an infinity type of shape, which is eating its own tail. And that's an old, very it's an ancient image of a snake eating itself. It's called the Ouroboros. And it's a powerful symbol of the cycle of life, death and rebirth. And that, uh, as we discussed last time, is happening to every industry. Every industry is trying to remake itself as a hyphen tech, fintech, retail tech, uh, and so on. And every industry, as it remakes itself into a technology company, industry, uh, so every company is going to remake itself as a technology company, as it adds on more technology into the business, you're going to start seeing a new kind of phenomenon, which is technical obsolescence is now going to come to a job near you. What does technical obsolescence mean? Well, if you bought the first iPhone that Steve Jobs brought out in 2007, you're likely not going to be able to use it much. It has low memory and all the good stuff, but old hardware is often not able to handle the new software that's coming out. And at some point, that hardware is going to be obsolete. And you're going to have to get rid of it 
even if it continues to function just fine. So that technical obsolescence, we're used to seeing it in hardware, we're going to start seeing it in careers. Already you can see that a lot of careers are beginning to have a hyphen tech in, in them as well. For example, HR tech, uh, FNA tech, or, uh, uh, or sales tech, marketing tech. These are all things that are transforming the way functions are running within the company as well. And this means, finally coming to our core point here, that as every job has an expiry date, so does every individual have to deal with how to reinvent themselves for the next round or next iteration of their job or next move in their career, as the case might be. The problem we're going to face is that people are not ready to reinvent themselves. Mm. Because uh, if you look back just from learning point of view, the speed of innovation of, as you said, hardware, and even if you expand anywhere in the in the business, it used to be pretty slow. It got accelerated. The 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 rate of um, introduction and time of introduction of new products in any industry mm -hmm. started shrinking. In, oh uh, yes, and especially with the advent of in information technology, softwares, and all, uh, there was a massive gain in terms of testing a product before coming to market, simple thing like simulation. So you're mm -hmm. almost sure of what you're going to come out with is close to being what you want. Instead of doing the hardcore iteration on a product on a test bed, it could be medical industry, mm -hmm. it could be uh, a tool, a product, anything you think about it. That one disruption, that right. sorry, sorry, that one disruption was big enough to keep changing the timeline of new products coming into the market, then became the massive change in the business models itself coming in. The massive change in the tools being uh, deployed to run the business. So basically it looks like it is a multi-dimensional change which is hitting everybody and which is necessitating that you got to reinvent and that to continuously. Yes, so that, that's the interesting thing with when you acquire technology and, and technology ingestion becomes a process of technology digesting your business. The thing that's happening with technology is that it's accelerating uh, very sharply. Mm -hmm. The pace of change in an older industry might be 30 years, 50 years, and so on. Some jobs have not changed maybe for 100 years. But now with technology, Everything rides uh, on a faster-moving treadmill, and that means that um, that reinvention of jobs, uh, uh, jobs and careers, is 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 now extremely important. It might have taken 30 years for jobs to transform earlier, and now it might take five years. I'll give you an example: executive assistants. There used to be quite a lot of executive assistants in the workforce way back when. But now there's been a 40% reduction in the, the, the people employed as executive assistants because uh, uh, people are you know, doing their own uh, calendaring, people are doing their own email responses and so on. So technology can make the pace of change much faster. And, and that's the other thing, which is learning and relearning is becoming exceptionally critical. That's very true. That learning, relearning, the true reflection is in the executive education. In yeah. one, of the, one of the discussions we had with our uh, uh, senior fellow at Oxford, that's what he was mentioning, the fastest growing industry is unlearning and relearning. And yeah, I remember that, that was a really schools. fun conversation because clearly these schools have been around for a while, but now they're facing the pressure to transform as well. And what they're doing is interesting. They're going where the money is at. And where's the money? It's an executive education. Why? For the reasons we're just discussing, which is everyone in every industry is feeling the heat from the transformations that they're bringing about in their own industries and are now having to bring about in their own selves and uh, become better. Yeah. What must be tough, normally 
uh, human mind is one which starts developing muscle memory very quickly and and keep doing the same thing again and again and better than past improving the efficiency productivity and suddenly you are hit with whatever you are doing is obsolete it's not needed yeah. anymore and what to train for yeah and see obsolescence will come at you from different angles it won't be that you get a notice saying that you're now you know your your job's expiry date is this much how do you know that you're becoming obsolete well your your company might uh, uh, realize that they have excess management you your com- you might realize that what you're doing uh, is now interfering with many other people or many other people are crawling into your piece of work because their job descriptions are merging into yours uh, or you might feel that uh, the ideas you're bringing to the the table now even though they used to be considered good are now considered uh, retrograde or ret- uh, or just uh, slowing down the process of change in the company all of these are signals that that you're not uh, you're not uh, fully tuned into your current job you're becoming uh, obsolete another example is um, i and this is in tech i live in silicon valley so i see this in tech all the time people who've been working for more than a decade are now reporting that when they go to work they find that the generation of new employees that are coming in now are very different from them not just in terms of uh, you know they're they're younger but also because their attitude towards technology and work are very different and that change is difficult even for techies in silicon valley because it's hard to keep pace with these changes you're having to reinvent yourself with people that are much better at this new thing than you are and that's another way you'll notice that you'll find that other people are getting good at what you you used to be considering your domain all of these are symptoms of of becoming um uh, obsolete and uh, and really the game now is to is to ride that out be ahead of that our uh, technical obsolescence and um, and the only way to do that is to become is to reinvent yourself the problem which we should start discussing in the next segment is that um people are sticky to their career highs which is to say you know their careers go up and down but people remember in their mind where they were at the at the latest peak in their career this is a little like real estate image um, in in the bay area for example prices go up and down quickly and they go up far more frequently than they come down but when they come down sellers are still marking the previous high as their reference rate right that's a brilliant point now gara what we're going to do is that's a very good point for us to take a break and then we'll yes. start to the subject which you just broached this is very important and we'll cover in the next segment let's take a short break For the past 2 years, Global Business with Mahesh Joshi has been a top-rated program on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, with its popularity growing, he has converted many of the concepts discussed on the show into an easy-to-read book from Oxford University Press, one of the top publishers in the world. Place your order for the book, Global Business at mkjgb.com. Act now, and as a special offer, you'll receive a signed copy of the book by the author, Mahesh Joshi. Order today at mkjgb.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. To reach the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's worldwide access to 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to maheshjoshi.82 at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. You are listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. I'm in discussion today with Garu Rastogi on why personal reinvention is so critical when we all are facing uncertainties about future of work. So Garu, 
you mentioned at the end of last um, session that uh, why it is so important for us to look at the ways to reinvent ourselves because of the bombardment of change from all around us. How do you think somebody can ignore not living on the past laurels, as you rightly mentioned, and let that not impact your future? Because if you do that, it will be catastrophic. It could be catastrophic. Yes, and 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 the interesting thing is uh, we were discussing how people mark their career highs as a reference for their current work and every future work. And that holds them back. So what happens is, uh, interestingly, I wrote an article about this on LinkedIn, uh, and I, I got a lot of response from people. Uh, this is how not to be a used to be. Because a lot of people in their own definition and their self-introduction are a used to be. They used to be at a large company, they used to be this, they used to have this title, or they used to be this frequent flyer mile status in their, their airline. They used to be something, they used to mean something, and that's their introduction. And what happens with this sort of vibe, if you hold on uh, uh, for too long, is it leads people to fear, because now their career high is is now holding them back from doing new things, experimenting with their careers, learning new things, reinventing themselves in a new way. And this ultimately leads to a lack of lack of success. So your previous success can become can come in the way of your future success. And that's that's an important problem because this fluidity is required. A fluidity in your sense of self, your fluidity in how you introduce yourself to other people, and a fluidity that that life uh, and careers will have ups and downs. And it's okay to have ups and it's okay to have downs. And it doesn't mean if you're in a down that there's never going to be an up. You're just going to have more ups and downs. So let go of past highs and go on to new highs. That's That's what people should do. However... Because we don't know how to reinvent ourselves, because we are so proud of our past success, we try. We tend not to do any of the stuff I just said you should do. Most people end up being a used to be. Yeah, and uh, it's a very pertinent point, because you keep driving your standards uh, of thought process basis the past success, but the ground rules now have changed dramatically. The, the game is always evolving. evolving. Yeah, you're right. The game is always evolving. And if you're still playing a game from, you know, if you're on level four of the game and you're still playing like it's level one, well, it's not going to work out. So so the, the key success factor of yesterday's success could be the failure mode for today. I remember this uh, this book book title that was how you got uh, what was the title um, what got you here will not get you there what got you here exactly yeah exactly what was the thing again and it was something that what got you here probably will not take you there exactly yeah something like that let me just google it but yeah so uh, you here what, what got you here won't get you there and that's a great title and, and that's that's going to be more true of more careers more frequently now because of the changes in the industry. Right, right. Now, Gaurav, if, if people have to look back at the industry which is the fastest evolving, uh, which is basically where you live in California, the Silicon Valley, and so mm. there could be tons of such examples where the past success uh, has uh, been dropped by the leader himself totally and created either similar or bigger success after a major, um, you know, uh, downfall or change in situation or something else. And is there anything which you would like to share with the listeners today? Well, everyone lights a candle in front of Steve Jobs uh, out here and I'm sure everywhere else as well. And that's a great example of someone who was not a used to be. Uh, 
So if you remember his career, what was his career journey? This is a young man who starts a, who starts Apple and starts the personal computing revolution uh, and goes IPO at a really young age, really quickly early on in his life. And then within a few years of being highly successful, becoming a multimillionaire, he is fired from his company. You know, and then, this is developed. Yeah. So he, and he's kicked out of his company in 85. And then he could spend the rest of his life by being very rich and being very used to be. I used to be the founder of Apple. I used to be the CEO. I am the founder of Apple. I used to be the CEO, whatever. He could have said that. But within a year, I'm sure he moped around a little. He had to go find himself. But within a year, he was making the moves that will ultimately bring him back into Apple and give him a much higher high from that point on. He invested into Next Computers, which made a, um, a handheld device. Um, no, which you know, it made um, computers. Uh, and he also invested into Pixar. And um, and both of these investments and, and his time investment helped him come back to Apple when they needed him back 10 years later, initially as an advisor, then as an interim CEO, and then, of course, as CEO. And the rest, of course, is history. Steve Jobs is a great example of someone who reinvented himself. And when he came back the second time, it wasn't the same brash young man who had been fired. This was a completely different rewired uh, Steve Jobs. As If you read the biography, he talks about that. And he's rewired himself and he's learned from his past uh, success and his past failures. Both are important. Yeah, so I think we can we can latch on to the word rewire. <laughs> so maybe you can rewire yourself and, and you can change your thought process. But it seems pretty tough for a human being that once you, you tend to succeed with something, you want to continue with it because it becomes like a prone uh, trade that you know how to succeed at something and you keep doing it again and again. Uh, and, and without realizing that since the environment has changed, it has to be something else. You know, in, in one of our earlier conversations, we had talked about this, uh, that the, the idea of a failure gym, uh, where, uh, you know, our success can be a source of fragility because we are now too wedded to that idea, one single idea of success, and we choose not to do any other things because, you know, it worked that time. So we become really fragile. And the true success requires you to to be to not be fragile, or as Nassim Talib calls it, anti-fragile, which is when variation comes in your environment, you're able to get better. And so how are you going to do that? You're going to go to a failure gym. So expose yourself to failure again and again repeatedly until you have learned what it takes to succeed. But because you're not afraid of failure, you're going to be more successful. And that attitude is what's needed in, in today's life. And uh, most people don't have it. And in the next segment, I'm going to tell you another story of another guy who was surfing life's waves and uh, keeps bouncing back. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Now, would you say that certain segment of workforce has already adapted to it? And I would, I would call them those, uh, the name for them probably would be the serial entrepreneurs. They're succeeding, but I don't think they're starting or maybe they do replicate the success of the last time but in any way they're not continuing with the same success which they build they get out of it they start doing something and they succeed again or fail again and then they again keep going would you say that that the the trend of serial entrepreneurs which is being used right now are the people who are kind of working on this concept of reinventing yourself every time and uh uh, not allowing the success or the failure to impact them to continue on the same path. Yeah, if you're willing to take risks, if you're willing to experiment, if you're willing to be more successful than you've ever been while risking, uh, risking a lot more than previously, that, I guess, is um, uh, that's an entrepreneur by definition, someone who's taking risks for a living. Uh, not every serial entrepreneur is like that, but many serial entrepreneurs that I meet, they're so used to this hard work, the grind, 
the invention, the uh, the challenge that they're faced with, that even though they have more money than they need for the rest of their life, they're going to come back and do some new thing in some new place. It's very exciting. So these are people who have uh, found themselves coming back to the challenges that are new, uh, coming back to the challenges that uh, that, that they've faced, and they want to they want to tackle a new challenge. <clears throat> but the thing is, you know, and it seems like okay, well, this is worth it, right? These guys are multi-billionaires or multi-millionaires and so on. So surely they can afford it. But I would tell you that everyone will have to do it. And for the same reasons, which is you're going to have to take risks. You're going to have to explore new things. You're going to have to be different people at different times in your career just to to stay current in the market. Well, uh, Gaurav, we'll now take a short break and we'll continue with our discussion in the next segment. For the past two years, Global Business with Mahesh Joshi has been a top-rated program on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, with its popularity growing, he has converted many of the concepts discussed on the show into an easy-to-read book from Oxford University Press, one of the top publishers in the world. Place your order for the book, Global Business, at mkjgb.com. Act now, and as a special offer, you'll receive a signed copy of the book by the author, Mahesh Joshi. Order today at mkjgb.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. To reach the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's worldwide access to 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to maheshjoshi.82 at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. You are listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. And we have Gaurav Rastogi with us. We are talking about why personal reinvention is so critical for your own future. Gaurav, interesting discussion in last two sessions. I'll let you take over from here on the story you were about to start in the last segment. Sure. So, uh, so Mahesh, I know of this guy. I don't know him personally, but I know of this guy who used to be a tech leader at a large global software product company. So this is a product company guy. He falls out with the founder of that company and resigns. And and then he updates his blog saying, well, he's just an occasional surfer of life's waves. And uh, and then he's chilling at home, I guess, is what he's doing. Meanwhile, uh, our services company uh, uh, is looking for a CEO. And, uh, and and now, because this guy has just been publicly, uh, uh, so he's left, they, uh, they reach out to him. And next thing you know, before you could toss a coin, um, you, they hired this guy. And the guy hired this guy as the CEO of this services company. Remember, this is a product guy. And this guy is... Is, is, is electric. He shakes the industry with his pizzazz, his Punjabi puns, and then he starts bringing about change and his, you know, his people into the company and so on. A few years go by, and then there's a realization that, well, in the sizzle and the steak combination, one piece is missing. Uh, it turns out products and services are two different businesses, and now this guy and this company both get a lot of bad press, terrible press. And so many, many newspaper headlines later, this surfer guy is let go. And he retreats to his occasional waves, I guess. And yet, and so you would, now you would write him off again. And yet a few months later, he's back online with a well-funded AI startup. So you get it, right? This is a guy who had a career high and then he comes off his career high. He's surfing waves. Then he gets a new career high, even better than the previous thing. He does that, and then again, even more dramatically, he has a career low, and then he's back again. If he spent his life moping about the loss of his cushy product company job, he wouldn't get the next job. 
if he sat at home worried about the bad press he is getting from his services job, he would still be sitting at home. But in both cases, he's not sitting at home. He's gone back to the grind because he's a surfer of life's waves, so to speak. He isn't a used to be. And that, I think, is a lesson for all of us. We tell old stories. We tell stale tales. We are deeply identified with our career highs. Any dramatic drop or any non-dramatic drop from this high, we feel really embarrassed about it. And because we are embarrassed, we cut a sorry figure. We cut a sorry figure in people we meet as friends, people we meet as strangers. We are unable to recover from this loss of, uh, of face and move on to the next thing. But in this story, I hope you've seen that this guy already had a high, has a precipitous decline, comes back to a higher high. And that all is possible because you're willing to ride the life's waves both up and down. Yeah, the challenging part here is, is human mind, human mind wants to build on that success that, okay, we have hit the failure. Are you, are you staying with the failure? Or uh, are you staying with the success in the past environment and now since the grounds have changed, how do you change your mind? How do you forget about it and restart? But that's the tough part of restarting. How can one do that? Yeah, and that, that is a terrible, uh, you know, especially coming down from a high is terrible. It feels really bad and you feel that uh, uh, that it's permanent. But neither are the highs permanent, neither are the lows permanent. But if your memory of your highs is holding you back from engaging with the present, then maybe that loss is going to be more permanent than you thought it would be. You're just not going to be able to recover because you're still holding on to a memory. Uh-huh. But looking forward, the way the future of jobs, future of work, everything changing so dramatically, then beyond the reskilling, is there a need for rewiring yourself? And how can one do, which is, how can you do that deep thinking to accept that change in your mind and drive your body and your faculties to reskill yourself, to be relevant in future? Yeah. Um, I like to think of it as uh, simply a question of standing at one place and looking forward or back. And and you realize that if you look back, you become history. If you look forward, you can make history. And just to me, that just that change of frame of mind is helpful in thinking about any question that I'm looking at, where am I looking at it with my history as baggage or am I looking at it at in terms of what kind of future I can create. And I like to make choice, uh, make choices in favor of future, the future, because the past isn't going to come here, come back, but the future is definitely going to be here. But you know, the, 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 the history of some of those large giant companies now probably are giving us indications and the rise of the new unicorns and uh, you know, all those uh, new technology companies, the new business model probably may trigger somebody to think that whatever you know, maybe it's not worth it. You have to yeah. rethink totally yeah. new and drop the past baggage of knowing or not knowing. So tough part would be for a mind to start as a clean slate every day, every hour of the month and day. <laughs> Yeah, knowing that you have had past successes is one thing, but holding on to those successes is another. Knowing you've had successes and failures gives you humility, gives you an ability to engage, and gives you confidence that, yeah, I've built this, I will, I'll build it again. It's not a problem. But if you say, I've built it, and I'm just going to stick to that memory, then that, that's a problem. Interesting thing that you just said, Mahesh, I'm reminded of... Uh, this interesting factoid, someone should research this, but in the 80s, 90s, and 2000s, there were a lot of books, business books that came out with a company name way. So the X company way or the Y company way or the Z company way. So if you, you remember, there was a Toyota way, HP way, McKinsey way. There are a lot of companies with their ways written out into a books and people bought these books in huge, large numbers. Why? Because they thought there must be something that these companies are doing 
differently and I, I must emulate them. And they probably were doing things differently. But you look back at those book titles and you look at those companies and where they are now, you see something interesting. Many of those companies don't exist anymore. Because like they've disappeared. And yeah, they're they're, disappeared. they have not been displaced by the industry players or the leaders. They have been hit from somewhere which they never imagined. Exactly. They started, I guess, my guess is they started reading their own books about themselves and decided that our way, the way you, our founder used to do it 30 years ago is the best way. And I'm never going to do things differently. And that is a surefire sign for a surefire recipe for disaster. I think uh, the way uh, it was practiced in the past, that company way uh, was to have common processes, systems in place. So basically it became doing things in a way so you get a result. But if you keep doing the same way, you keep getting the same result. You will not yeah. get a different in result. Times, that makes sense because, uh, you, you know, when you're on a straight road, you can accelerate. But when you're on the turns, if you accelerate, you'll crash very quickly. I, I think that that the the advent, I would call this on the technology also, and the talent across the world getting connected, business getting connected, the the intensity and the furiousness of uh, of the changes, especially uh, you know if you if you see combination of a lot of things, uh, it has probably impacted very differently on those companies who are working only one way. I don't know yes. if, if in today's way you can survive by doing one way. Definitely it used to get said that large uh, number of people in the same company have to align them. Then you have to uh, kind of create some kind of processes, methods, which everybody should follow. But yes. ultimately... And so going back to personal reinvention, uh, sorry, sorry, I was saying, bringing it back to personal reinvention, what that means is you can't say I, I was successful in doing things in one way and I got this one success and that's my benchmark and that's my process. You're just going to have to move on to something else. And then in the next segment, Mahesh, I want to talk about how do you address the question of what do you do when you meet a stranger or a friend? So what do you do these days? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a very good question to peep into because if you are in one of those companies or in the environment, I would rather use the word environment <coughs> where the way to do, do things are standardized. So you're doing only one way. <coughs> so the yes. innovation part of the individual brains may not be as utilized as it would be if they were not constrained with the shackles of doing only one way. Although realizing yes. the advantage of doing one way, getting the same result repeatedly, but in, in current environment, probably you don't want the same uh, uh, action to be repeated consistently in the same way because you got to be innovative. Otherwise, if, if you do that, that is the role of artificial intelligence to do it or robots to do it. So, so you won't, you yeah. won't need, the, you, you're not needed now. So that's where, as you were saying rightly earlier, that's where you may make yourself irrelevant if you do that. So if you're doing yeah, in a future job, conversation, we, we, we should talk about automation where if you're doing things in a predictable way, then you're better off asking a machine to do it. And, and eventually a machine will be doing it. If it's predictable, then someone can program it and automate it. So uh, we will be discussing more in the next segment, but you remind me of somebody working on uh, on a same um, way kind of thing for 30 years and saying that, yeah, listen, I know this the best because I am the smartest or I'm very knowledgeable. I have 30 years of experience. But the key here is you don't have knowledge or experience 30 years. You have done the same thing for 30 years and you think you're an expert. But somebody may come and they can do differently and that could be way better than you and your 30 years may not count at that point of time. 
Yeah. And uh, one of those examples uh, which readily come to my mind is Tesla, which was not an automotive company. There were so many companies uh, which were in the business of made, making automobiles for so long, and they were supposed to be innovating. They were the best. They had those years of doing the same thing again and again, better than anybody else. They could not think of it. They could not mm-hmm. do it. And here is a guy who comes as a disruptor, nothing to do with that industry, nothing to do with that technology, no experience, no knowledge or, or what I explained earlier of knowing what is the best way to do it, no my way kind of stuff, which probably earlier used to, to be depicting as the most efficient way of doing a thing. And as a new disruptor mm. comes in. So I think that's what is creating most of the upheavals. So everybody has to be worried about that the moment you think you nailed it down, you're doing it the best, probably somewhere in some part of the world, somebody is thinking and not doing it, but he may come out with a better idea, which can beat it hollow and, and, and take away the whole piece and, and can do it with a, with a very high speed and intensity and have a market acceptance and making a, a very well-said industry totally relevant. And there are few, more than a few examples of that. So what we'll do Everybody. is, Gaurav, we will go to your example. We'll just take a break in this session and we'll start the next session with your example. For the past two years, Global Business with Mahesh Joshi has been a top-rated program on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, with its popularity growing, he has converted many of the concepts discussed on the show into an easy-to-read book from Oxford University Press, one of the top publishers in the world. Place your order for the book, Global Business, at mkjgb.com. Act now, and as a special offer, you'll receive a signed copy of the book by the author, Mahesh Joshi. Order today at mkjgb.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. To reach the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's worldwide access to 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to maheshjoshi.82 at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. You're listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. And I have with me Gaurav Restogi from California today. And uh, we have been discussing in past three sessions why personal reinvention is critical for everyone while we are seeing the future of work and experiencing part of it. We'll be experiencing much more. Yeah. You know, Mahesh, uh, the impact of this lack of reinvention isn't just on you yourself, on the individual, but it's also on their family, on their company, and everyone suffers because each individual, because of each individual that isn't available to this reinvention. I'll tell you um, a story. I met this friend of mine for lunch uh, a few uh, few weeks ago. And I asked him the same question. Have you had to deal with reinvention? He's a successful startup founder. And to my surprise, he told me his own story. He said, look, I'm a startup founder and I was CEO of my startup. And then I stepped down to let somebody else become the CEO. And I became uh, sort of an, an operating chairman kind of role. But in his mind, his personal self was very closely identified with this company. And so he was always, my first name is my first name and my last name is my company name. And that's how he was so, his sense of self was so closely tied to his company. So when he stepped down, he didn't realize that he needed to change and reinvent himself. As a result, he kept rolling up his sleeves and getting back into decision making, which made the new CEO uh, uh, somewhat weaker 
in in how he was handling it. He was still very sensitive to criticism about company's past decisions, and that meant he was quick to temper, to call the feedback personally, and and that meant everyone around him was unhappy. Some people even left, and then. After a year or within the end of the year, he realized that he was doing it wrong. And then he, he decided to step back and just adjust to his new role, which means that he had to let the team grow out from under him. He needed a new way to think about his own self. And he needed to start looking at the company in less personal terms. And now when I met him for lunch, he was a much different person much more calmer, much more happier, much more engaging than he was previously. And so, the, 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 but he was still filled with regret about the, the, the impact he has had on his colleagues, many of whom left because he was unbearable as a person in the time he took to rewire himself. So that's, uh, that's something that we all have to think about as well. It's not just personal, but everyone around us will suffer. Now, uh, let's come back to each individual. The real question that we need to answer as we reinvent ourselves is when someone meets us and says, and so, what do you do? Now, this is where, because of a force of habit, it's like Mahesh Shavai asked you, how are you doing? Even if you're not doing well, your, your, your rehearsed answer is, I'm doing great, fine, thank you very much, how are you doing? So it's just a rehearsed answer. So when someone asks you, what do you do? Most of us have a rehearsed answer. And that rehearsed answer typically goes back to the career high. That's what they want to highlight. There is a problem with that, which we discussed in all of today's conversation. But I want to lay out a few ways to reframe the question in your mind and answer it in a more interesting way. When you meet someone and they say, what do you do? This is really an invitation to a conversation. It's an opening pawn move in a chess game. They're not really interested in the details of what you do. They're just asking you in a, a friendly question in order to get the engagement going. So if you keep that in mind, you can now rethink the question in a way that, you, that creates a better engagement. For example, if someone asked you, what are you working on or building these days? You would have a really nice answer. It doesn't matter what your career high was. Right now, I'm really excited about this, this, and this thing. Another way of reframing the question is, what are you obsessed, of, obsessed with at work in the moment? So you're still hearing. The other person is still saying, what do you do? But in your mind, you're hearing the question as, well, what are you obsessed with at work these days? And then you re reply with a passion. You reply with an interesting story. You reply with something that keeps the conversation going. And now the other person is getting energy from this conversation. They like talking to you because they're excited about what you're doing. They like talking to you because they're learning something new from this conversation. Another, um, another way to reframe the question is to think of it as, what challenges have you overcome lately at work? So describe the challenges. Right now I'm facing this problem and that's the one I'm trying to solve. And that becomes very interactive as well because the other person is now co-opted into your problem solving and it makes it a fun conversation. So when someone says, what do you do? They're not really looking for your resume. They're not looking for your past high or what academic accomplishments you had. They're just interested in finding out what makes you interesting. What are you passionate about? And then that makes a, a, a meaningful conversation. So um, my encouragement to myself and everyone I meet is, as you think about career reinvention and personal reinvention, it isn't about who you used to be or what you used to be. It's about what you are. And what you are is always evolving. If we learn to reinvent ourselves every moment, we are always interesting irrespective of our career highs or career lows or our present high or present low. We're interesting and interesting people do interesting things in the future. And that's the way to stay employed. That's the way to stay engaged at work. And that's the way to future success 
in this modern uh, work environment where everything is changing and opportunities are coming every year. Very well said. Gaurav, looks like uh, if I have to summarize it in one short sentence is to avoid being replaced by AI and robotics. <laughs> you have to do something different, which is reinvent yourself. And uh, yes. uh, that's point number one. Second is your reinvention has a multiplier impact. It has reinvention, it has impact on yourself. You are a better personality and what I hear from you, you are socially more acceptable. Third is you are an excited person and you are an exciting person along with it because yes. you are passionate about something here. And third is if if you are able to reinvent yourself, basically you are combining a lot of good stuff which is reinventing how to do new things, how to do it new way, you are willing to imbibe the new technology and uh, you have already connected well with people and you are able to draw in a teamwork so which probably uh, even in a social setting if you're exciting you'll be exciting to your team too so you are able to keep the morale of a team at the level where it needs to be and ultimately the morale of the team is going to take you once rest of the things become equal and you are in a competitive environment so the third major point after that is that that's the key to success that's not only for survival, that is the differentiator <clears throat> and that's going to take you to success. <clears throat> yeah, as a leader who needs to inspire other people, you have to be interesting and inspiring and um, and this is a way to do that. Perfect. So thank you for your time, Gaurav, and I'm, I'm, I'm very confident after listening to you today that uh, the new success story will be uh, more and more written by the people. Uh, who have gone for personal reinvention and created some exciting products, team and environment around the globe. Thank you so Conversations much. Conversations with you, Mahesh, are always fun. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. We hope you'll tune in for another edition of the program next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a good week.